Why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world inside? One, two, three, four. I'm Father Yuri Hladio, and welcome to this week's Hot Take. If you're not a patron of the Prime Priest podcast, you're only listening to half a show. However, every Wednesday, I publish a short excerpt, or hot take, from this week's extended interview and share it with the wider audience of the Prying Priest podcast. While I vowed to keep the Prying Priest podcast completely advertisement-free because, as we all know, advertisements are evil, this means that the only way I can make an honest dollar and for the show to stay afloat is through your financial support. When you support the show, you'll get full access to every full extended interview. For all the details, including more content, updates, and my blog, visit my website, pryingpriest.com. But for now, enjoy the hot take. I'll say right up front, I'm terrible at this because, uh, like, uh, having not really spent a ton of time outside of school yet, like, just a couple years here and there to, to do some working, but... Like largely I've been in the, the academy and way too many of my friends have at least a master's degree. As So as my godly wife always reminds me, nobody knows what you're talking about, Ryan. Um, <laughs> and I said, everybody knows this. And she's like, everybody you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I sometimes forget how big of a role some of these like popular kind of pop Huge. influencers have on Huge. people. And I, mm-hmm. and I like my default, and this is bad, like I, my default is just like, oh, it's just like on its face ridiculous. Why would you read that? Like, go read, go read a real philosopher. Uh, but like, nobody's going to do that. So one of the things that I've seen my pastor do that's really effective when he preaches around social issues, he will frame up like the variety of faithful Christian responses and say and kind of point out like if you come with a a liberal point of view and liberal in the like political sense of the word, not in the partisan sense of the word. Um, so like, you know, freedom of individual rights, that kind of stuff. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if you come as a liberal or if you come as a socialist, or as you, if you come like from these different perspectives, these kinds of Christian options are like, what's going to maybe resonate, resonate with you. And here's why they resonate with you. And then here are what like somebody else in the congregation might be thinking. And this is why they're going to be thinking that. So you kind of frames up the whole kind of thing like that in a way to that for me has been really helpful. Like why would somebody believe this It's like, well, because they're following this particular emphasis of, you know, church social teaching and they're arriving at this policy position. Okay. That's respectable. Uh, and then you can start having a conversation about like, okay, are you wait, are you sufficiently waiting, like giving weight to, um, some of the other considerations that might want to inform your policy, uh, position on something. Right. So I like, and that, to me has been like the most effective way of getting more nuance into some of these conversations. So he's got like a a congregation that's got, you know, quite reactionary conservatives on the one end and quite like, like pure socialists on the other end. And they somehow managed to like, maybe not all of them talk to each other all the time, but they still all worship together. Right. And you don't see Mm -hmm. that a lot. Um, So I think that's admirable. Yeah. So I think doing some of that work of kind of like, framing up like getting to the bottom what you're doing actually of like reading what they're reading and trying to discern like okay what are the kind of like why do people like this kind of thing and like how does that fit in and then kind of be able to like explain that to people because i think sometimes they're people are like 
not always doing the self-critical work of like why this resonates with me. They just know it does. And sometimes it helps to, um, and then they can't see why somebody else would disagree with it, right? So sometimes it helps to kind of be like, well, you actually both share this common conviction here, but then you also have this conviction over here and that person has this conviction. And that's actually where the, the disagreement lies and you look how they develop out from there. Mm-hmm. So like that can be one way of, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe like doing it. It still might not work. Um, I, mm-hmm. I got into like, wait, I spent all of lockdown with like my entire family. So my brother and his wife and my mom and dad and, and Rachel, we were all at the farm for like the first two months this spring, right after I came mm-hmm. back from England. And I was like overly dismissive of Brene Brown and Enneagrams and stuff. And my sister-in-law is really into that stuff. So we got, yeah, there was some like, heated debates about <laughs> why I was being so dismissive of that. And so, you yeah. know, I got accused of being out of a t- out of touch with my emotions. I probably accused of, you know, being intellectually ignorant and like not, nothing very like wholesome came of that, but yeah, I've kind of like thought about that and it's like, yeah, I still don't like it, but um, I guess like I need to figure out a way. And I think you're probably farther down this path than me in figuring out a way to like, okay, this is what you're reading. Here's the value in it. But I, cause I always want people to just like actually read real books. Like right, take yeah. the next step deeper. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of real books, if you're looking yeah. for another like uh, book on race stuff, Dark Vanishings by mm-hmm. Patrick Bratlinger. Mm-hmm. That is just a fantastic book about extinction discourse mm-hmm. uh, in the 19th century. And I found it, so I tend to approach all these issues by um, thinking in particulars. So I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't have anything to say about race. I like, I have lots of things to say about St. Madeline's, the Métis community outside of Inscarth that got wiped out, right? Mm-hmm. I want to think about these things in the particulars. And this was a really helpful book because it exposed a certain um, discourse of extinction that got applied to a lot of indigenous peoples around mm-hmm. the world um and they're like oh look they're just dying we must step in and save them and so like mm-hmm. the in that in that reading like the residential schools was a humanitarian response to a people going extinct oh fascinating yeah so like this is how so when you ask the question again this is kind of starting to like build like empathy or understanding to get to the root of the problem it's not simply that our ancestors were horrible racists um they were that, but also like they thought they were so embedded in this discourse of like, these people are going extinct. How is that possibly happening? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well, your colonial policies largely, but um, so then they thought that they were like, so this white savior thing, right? Like they thought, oh yeah, well we can just build these schools. We'll teach them how to uh, be white and then they'll be fine. They'll survive into the mm-hmm. modern age because it's inevitable. Um, none of that stuff was true, right? Like none of it was inevitable. They weren't necessarily going extinct. It wasn't just like magically happening. There were material causes to all this, but the ideology overrode all of that. And so then it's like, okay, well this maybe explains why like a nun could have gotten herself into this or, you know, all that kind of stuff. The Prying Priest is a social media free podcast, so any word of mouth recommendations you could make to your friends and family about this show would go a long way. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Say, why would you look outside yourself when you have all of the world in
inside. 